Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hello there, my name is Sam. And I'm the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we're the hosts of The Antagonists, an all-villain podcast. You can join us every other Thursday for a new episode as we discuss all of your favorite villains from books, movies, and more. Are the villains you love to hate really as wicked as they seem? Tune in and find out. You can find us on all major podcast platforms or join us over on fearscapemedia.com. Welcome, everyone, to Unsensitive, a show where we take a subject, talk with an expert or two, and break it down with questions that are normally too impolite to ask. I am your host, Ray Robinson, and today we will be looking at the challenges of feminism within Christianity. And joining us today in the hot seat to take up this conversation are Rachel Arnold and Rachel Allen. Rachel's welcome to the show. Good to be here. Now, let's go ahead and kind of launch right into it. Um, This show is going to air about one week after the election, so we've already had the Amy uh, Amy Coney Barrett uh, decision, uh, as well as the election results themselves. Uh, So uh, one of those we already know recording in advance here. Uh, So I'm going to just, uh, we'll get to Amy Coney Barrett probably at some point during the show, because I think a lot of what goes on right now ties into her religious beliefs and how they affect the political system. But uh, so I wanted to kind of give you that little preview for everybody. Uh, But first of all, let's just kind of launch right into the very beginning of Christianity in Genesis. Uh, I'm going to start out first with uh, with you, Rachel Arnold. A lot of folks say that uh, the problems kind of start when with Eve in the Garden of Eden, quite honestly. Uh, God said, your husband will rule over you. So is this valid since God said it himself? Well, I think there are a couple of things to consider when we um, look at the, when we look at things from the very beginning, when we look at the Garden of Eden and the Old Testament, I think um, one of the main things that we need to consider in terms of Christianity is that we've kind of moved beyond the Old Testament, or we should have. Um, Christ and his teachings move us past the teachings of the Old Testament and some of the uh, rules of the Old Testament that are a bit antiquated. Um, so I think in terms of, you know, I certainly don't want to say that anything that God said was invalid, but I think um, that in terms of what the focus is as Christians are on Christ's teachings, and Christ's teachings are from my interpretation and the way that I was raised in the church, uh, more focused on love and equality and relationships that um, are not one spouse ruling over the other, but rather a more partnership based. So um, in my opinion, or at least my perspective is not so, we shouldn't be so focused on Eve and her transgressions. Of course, that is part of our history that we believe as Christians, but the focus, I think, and Christianity should be on New Testament teachings, which are not so much what Eve's, what was taught to Eve. Okay. Yeah, I 100% agree. In in Christian speak, we would say we're under a new covenant, so to speak. 
All right, perfect. Now, um, there. Oh, speaking uh, speaking of Old Testament, uh, this kind of lends back to what you were saying a little bit, Rachel Arnold. There is a verse within Corinthians uh, that says that the, it's a shame for women to speak in the church. And uh, many of the religions, uh, Catholicism notwithstanding, a lot of uh, Christian, Christian religions uh, do have women pastors. So, and of course they teach both Old and New Testament uh, equally, validly. Uh, validly. Uh, Rachel Allen, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Do you think that uh, the ch those churches that allow women pastors pretty much just ignore that ruling from Corinthians or not ruling, but so much as uh, teaching of Corinthians? No, I think it's important to understand the historical context of what was happening in Corinth at the time. So you have to think this is the beginning of the church or what we call the church now. The, at the time, like women were not allowed inside the temple. So this is the first time they've ever actually been permitted inside. They also didn't re receive the sort of religious instruction that men did at the time. So some scholars think that uh, at this time, a lot of women were asking a lot of questions and they were being very disruptive in the temple. So this is Paul saying that you're causing a disruption and you gotta quit. And this is, this, it's also important to note that this is in one of the letters of Paul. Paul fully acknowledges other women leaders in the churches in some of his other letters. So like when you look in Romans, there's um, Junia, she and her husband Andronicus are starting a church or like leading people in the faith. And uh, again, in Romans, you have Phoebe, who's a deacon that Paul talks about. So clearly uh, this is something specific to what was going on at the time, because even in the letters of Paul, he's acknowledging other women leaders in the religion. Rachel, Arnold? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not to, not to just totally echo Rachel Allen, but absolutely, I think that the context of of that writing is is so very crucial um, because if you don't look at the context then you can definitely look at uh, Paul's other writings and other letters to other churches um, where Paul makes references and says things like uh, the gifts of the spirit are given to all members of the church men and women alike um, and I think it's very crucial that at the time in Corinth um, the church services or basically the church at Corinth was getting a little wild. Um, <laughs> There's been a history of worship in the area prior to Christianity coming to that area, of particularly worship of Bacchus, which um, I believe everyone kind of knows that that worship is a little uh, crazy and wild. So that kind of carried over into the early part of the Christian church in Corinth, uh, a lot of historians and scholars believe. And so um, the early Christian worship in the church at Corinth, um, people were getting drunk and speaking in tongues and being wild in church. And that was largely led by the women because that was also a carryover from Bacchus worship. So my belief, and I believe that aligns with a lot of uh, scholars who have written on this, is that that particular verse was very specific to this is going on in this church. The, the women are used to Bacchus worship and getting rowdy and that doesn't fit with Christian worship and that that's not the way we want worship to go, but I don't think um, that any, in any way, particularly given the other writings where Paul mentions the importance of all members of the church playing a role and speaking and prophesizing. And, and so I don't think that it makes any sense for it to be women can't speak in general. It, it very clearly is directed at exactly what was going on at the church in that particular area in that particular time. So I don't think that it's being ignored for churches um, in the here and now to have women pastors, women 
teachers, women ministers. Okay. I have to admit, though, uh, you, you sure make the Bacchus worship sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to those times? <laughs> But uh, okay, well, kind of keep, keeping on that, uh, that along those that same path, uh, Rachel Allen. I'm going to keep with you on this one. Does feminism really have a home in the church the way that it's set up now? And if if uh, if so, uh, or should it uh, just be, or should we look at something different, some way to change it, uh, the way that it's currently set up? I would say in some churches where they are following the. T- they're following Jesus. So like, I think absolutely feminism belongs in the church simply because Jesus was a feminist. And that's like a scary sentence for a lot of people um, who, you know, grew up in the patriarchy and they're, uh, you know, taught by, you know, someone in their Sunday school told them that, you know, men are the head and all that business. But when we actually look at who Jesus was and what he did, he very clearly is a feminist and has a, a high value for women. So think about like when he appears to the, the woman in the well, the woman at the well. At the time, Jewish men did not acknowledge women in public. And then on top of that, she's a Samaritan. So that's like a big deal that he's even talking to this woman um, and then goes on to you know offer her salvation. Think about the first person that he appears to after the resurrection is a woman. It's Mary Magdalene. It's not his disciples. So it was important that women are the first people he appears to after he's risen, after he's fulfilled his purpose. And then let's talk about, you know, feminism. It's about equality, right? It's about human rights. It's about including all people. And Jesus went out of his way to interact with the social outcasts, with the lepers, with the people that nobody in society liked, with the tax collectors. Uh, let's talk about um, the, the woman who, in some scripture it says Mary Magdalene, sometimes it's just a, a random woman, the woman who like, washed Jesus's hair, uh, feet with her hair and perfume, like he's, when the men tell her to get back, he like scolds them. I think if we're truly going to follow who Christ is and model our behavior after him, like feminism is very important. It's because Jesus is a feminist. Rachel Arnold, your thoughts on that? I I will pretty much completely agree with with (laughs) Rachel Allen. Um, I 100% think that Jesus was a feminist. Um, I think that Jesus's primary teachings are love and equality and acceptance to think that I mean, and those are the tenets of feminism, especially when you look at intersectional feminism. That's that's what we're looking for is equality, acceptance. That, I think, goes 100% with, with Jesus's life and his teachings. Um, like Rachel mentioned, Jesus went out of his way to bring together all different types of people. He didn't just depend on men for his ministries. He didn't just go out of his way to perform miracles or healings for men. It very much was women, social outcasts, criminals, those people that society had no room for. And so absolutely, I think, you know, feminism in having the goal of equality for women and men, uh, equality for basically all people, that just goes right along with with Jesus's teachings. Ultimately, I think churches that are following Christ's teachings, uh, absolutely, there's a place for feminism. And I think there definitely are churches that are following that and that are making a home for feminism and that are getting involved in 
women's rights work and things like, you know, domestic violence organizations, things like that. Um, there are churches putting in that work and putting in that awareness. There are definitely uh, churches within Christianity. And I think that's the tough thing when we talk about Christianity is there's this whole spectrum of the churches that follow Christ's teaching and the churches, in my opinion, that don't follow Christ's teaching, and, but still use the label of Christianity. And there are certainly those churches where uh, you hear horror stories of, you know, cases where there's domestic violence and a woman is leaving and the church is reprimanding her for that. And obviously, I don't think there's feminism in that church, but absolutely, I think there should be. And I think following Christ's teachings. Okay. Yeah, I, I once went to a church where they didn't allow women to lead Bible studies. And I was like, oh, this is not the place for me. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that'd be a little off-putting. Kind of go into an opinion mode from both of you here. Uh, uh, we've seen just over the last couple of weeks a lot of progressive works from the the Pope uh, in regards to Catholicism in ratification of uh, civil unions. So there, there's some progress towards towards being a little bit more mainstream that we've seen out of uh, Catholicism, but we still haven't seen women priests yet. Do you think that we will see that within our lifetime? Just flat out opinions, uh, Rachel Arnold first. Hard for me to form a strong opinion on this. Um, I grew up Protestant and don't have a ton of experience uh, with the, the Catholic Church specifically. Um, I'm certainly pleased in the direction that uh, I'm seeing with this newer Pope and some of his proclamations. And it gives me hope that we will see women priests within our lifetime. But but honestly, I, I don't know if that's something that, that we'll see anytime soon or not. Rachel? Yeah, I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I think they're at least making, um, you know, making headway in that direction. So maybe when I'm old and gray, we'll see that. I just think it's going to be pretty slow getting to there. I also grew up Protestant, but my dad is Catholic. And my granny was like quintessential Catholic, very pious woman. And I think she would have, she would have had heart failure if someone had suggested women priests, uh, <laughs> just because she was very much into that, you know, that very Catholic tradition. And I said, I think tradition is something that Catholic people really value. So something new, I think, will be tough for hmm. Catholicism in general. Okay. Now, um, let's kind of uh, back up to one thing in particular that uh, I think a lot of folks have uh, a little bit of trouble getting their brains wrapped around with. And, uh, Rachel Arnold, I'm going to start with you on this one. Patriarchy within Christianity. First of all, what really is patriarchy within Christianity? And is it something that inhibits feminism within Christianity? My interpretation of what patriarchy within Christianity would mean, um, and maybe maybe I'm interpreting your question wrong, so if so, you can stop me. No. But what I what I see patriarchy within Christianity being is those churches and those denominations that I kind of mentioned earlier, where there is more of a patriarchal focus, where we do silence women in the church, and where women can't be Sunday school teachers or lead Bible study or be ministers. And uh, where we do teach women be submissive to your husband and where we do have 
marriage counseling where there are violence issues and the minister says things like, well, what did you do to make him do that to you? That's where I see, that's what I would see as patriarchy um, within Christianity or within the church. I think that, again, going back to if the churches are following Christ's teachings, we shouldn't be looking so much at patriarchy or matriarchy or, or any sort. We should be having a more egalitarian experience. There's also, of course, the fact that our society is largely patriarchal, and of course, that's going to have some influence even in the most egalitarian churches or in the churches that are trying their best to to follow Christ's teachings and to view women and men as as equals. Um, I think there's still, you know, a little default in in everyone's in our society, something that we have to actively work against. Um, a lot of prejudices that come in based on the patriarchy, a lot of even minor things, presumptions that, you know, uh, when women want to get involved in the church, maybe they should be the nursery teacher because that's a traditional role for women, those sorts of things. I think that even in, even in your progressive churches, you're seeing that kind of influence from the patriarchy. Rachel Allen? Yeah, I think similarly, I don't so much think that the patriarchy is coming from Christianity and these churches. I think it is from the society that we're currently living in. I see a lot of Americanism which is very patriarchal being mm. thrown into church and then people trying to use religion to, to justify those views when it's, it's not biblical. It really bothers me. This is the something that really like gets up in my crawl. It's like, no, this is something that you want and you're trying to use religion to justify it. And this is the society that we've lived in that's been backing you the whole time, but that's not the, the teachings of Christ. So go okay. read your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what is, uh, and Rachel Allen, let's stick with you on this one. Um, what, is there anything that, if, if a woman is involved in a church that uh, does not advocate for feminism, they're very steeped in patriarchy. Do, is there anything you can think of that they can do within that particular church to make a change? Or are they better served finding a new place of worship? Just based on my own personal experience, my recommendation would be just to go somewhere else. I've visited a lot of churches just, you know, moving city to city in my adult life, all within Kentucky. So it's all very, very much, you know, the South and those sort of ideals. But it's just crazy to see the differences in different churches that claim to be the same religion. Like I said, I was at, I was going to a church that didn't allow women uh, Bible study leaders. And there was going to be nothing that I could do to change anyone's mind in that church. Uh, so I knew that wasn't the place for me. So I, I don't know what anyone could actually do within a church that's already steeped in those ideas. So if, uh, if uh, you're a woman and you're faced with that, I would just go somewhere else that's more accepting of you. Because you can, when you have that support, like you can actually make a difference in your community. Rachel Arnold. I, I would agree. I think if, I think, Kind of like we talked about with Catholicism, these churches, um, and, and I think it's it's all churches, are very steeped in tradition. I mean, obviously, we're, we're following a religion that is thousands of years old, so there's a certain amount of tradition that's going to be there. I don't think that any one or two women individually um, in a church are going to light a fire and start a movement that's suddenly going to wake up this church and have them start embodying more egalitarian ideas or treating women as more of an equal role or letting women be more involved if that's not something that they're already 
interested in doing. My hope is that as society progresses and we become hopefully a less patriarchal society, that those churches will start to change too. But personal advice would be if, if, if when I have found myself at the doors of those types of churches, usually continued on and tried to find another one. And I think that's probably the best bet if you're finding yourself in a church where you don't feel that accepted or feel like you don't have a lot of opportunities as a woman, then maybe another church would be a better fit. Keeping along those same lines as well, I'm sure there are plenty of men that are listening because they want to learn something, or hopefully folks have uh, started sharing uh, these podcasts with folks that might have similar questions to this. Now, uh, Rachel Arnold, we'll, we'll stick with you on this question as well, uh, and that's if uh, there's a man that is listening and he wants to do his part within his uh, church to lessen that role of patriarchy and make it a little bit more egalitarian. Can you think of some things that a man would be able to do within the confines of the church to promote feminism a little bit more? Well, I think um, one thing that I would suggest, and I think Rachel's already said it, would be uh, read your Bible. Um, yeah. <laughs> understand uh, Christ's teachings with regard to all people, um, women included. Arm yourself, I think, with knowledge and scripture that support positions that women are not lesser, women are not meant to be subservient, we're not meant to have no role within the church. That if you want to bring about change within your church, um, know that you're going to be facing an uphill battle, particularly because again, living in a patriarchal society and churches being very steeped in tradition, um, you're probably not going to find a lot of people who are willing to just say, sure, we'll go ahead and change this policy that we've had for a hundred years at this church to not allow women to lead Sunday school or, or be ministers or lead choir. But, you know, arm yourself with knowledge, scripture, uh, secondary sources, um, and, you know, be vocal about it. Allies absolutely help. And um, being as vocal as you can, standing behind women who are here saying, hey, I don't feel like I'm being treated fair. I, I deserve the same opportunities to minister as men do. Um, I think that'll absolutely help. Rachel Allen? Yeah, I think the things you can do in the church or the things you can do in everyday life, the things that you can do at work. I know my church has like business meetings and like opens the floor to people. And so if, you know, a woman is speaking and she gets interrupted, you know, intervene there. If uh, someone has an idea, like help to give her a voice. So the same thing that you would do um, outside of church, do in the church about helping your, you know, your sister. Yeah, be genuine. That's uh, probably all you could really ask at that point. Now, we promised at the very beginning, and I'm going to put both of you on the hot seat on uh, getting a throwing a political opinion in here as well, <laughs> since uh, since we've just recently, uh, as, the, as of filming, uh, recording this, I should say, Amy Coney Barrett has been officially approved assigned, uh, awarded a uh, Supreme Court position. And there have been lots of concerns that uh, about the religion that she is a part of, that it is pretty patriarchal. Um, do you, either one of you, have any of your own concerns that, uh, that she will bring that point of view to the laws that she passes and what kind of impact that could have on your personal freedoms. Either one of you want to tackle that. Yeah, I'm terrified. When RBG passed, I, I spent that night crying and literally quaking with fear. And then I had the exact same experience the night that Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed. Um, I'm 100% afraid she's going to roll back uh, roll back row and Rachel being a lawyer you'll be able to speak to this more but my understanding is like 
any precedent that was used in row that can be used. So if they overturn that, they can roll back other things like um, marriage equality. And then once we lose that, maybe you can make it, you know, being gay illegal and it can just keep going on back and on back and on back. So I, I am legitimately afraid of losing my personhood because she's on the Supreme Court. Rachel Arnold? I do have concerns. It says a lot to me, I think, the way everyone had such a extreme reaction when RBG passed and all of our fears. The Supreme Court, I think, at this point has morphed into something, and I don't want to go too much on a legal tangent because that's not the topic of this. this <laughs> yeah. The Supreme Court, I think, has morphed very much into something that it was never intended to be. It was never intended to be this political conservative versus liberal, religious versus secular thing that it has become. And the fact that it has become that is very scary. The fact that it is now looked at instead of a panel of non-judges that keep their personal beliefs out of it and their personal religion and their personal views on certain types of people and that sorts of things. The fact that those are no longer held out of it um, is very, is very problematic. If the Supreme Court was functioning as it should be, then I couldn't care less what Amy Coney Barrett's uh, religion is because it shouldn't factor in to her decision. But uh, it's not at this point. And, and there are definite concerns, you know, and, and not because she's Christian. Obviously, I'm here today because I, I'm Christian. And so I'm not, it's nothing against Christians, but this more patriarchal form of Christianity um, is definitely something that that is frightening if she plans to bring that to a position in the highest court of the land where we are meant to be separation of church and state, where we are meant to be a secular society. I think certainly there are definitely concerns that that'll be brought in her opinions and adversely impact a number of people and possibly roll back some freedoms that not just women have, but uh, other minorities as well. If somebody, if a, a man, let's just say a man in particular says, yeah, but she's a woman. Isn't she going to, uh, isn't she going to be uh, somebody that will be more feminist because she's a woman? Or does upbringing and uh, her role within her church, do you think that will supersede her being a woman? I would love to say that, you know, as a woman, we're all going to stick together and uh, we'll all have feminist ideals. But unfortunately, that that's not proven to be the case in, in our world and in our country. Um, and, and I guess to, to think that it would have been is, is kind of simplistic anyway. Um, you know, women are diverse in terms of their upbringings, their ideals, their religious teachings. And, uh, you know, so I don't think that, you know, we can just look at her and say she's a woman, so she'll support women's rights. May or may not. Yeah, I feel the same. Well, that's definitely a couple of uh, points of view uh, on all these questions that uh, being being a man, I, I haven't really been privy to uh, without asking somebody like the, the two of you. So I, I hope folks that are listening will share that uh, information with with people that may not be getting it themselves so that maybe they can uh, see a different point of view themselves so a very special thank you both uh, rachel allen rachel arnold for coming on the show jumping in the hot seat and answering uh, all these different questions giving your thoughts opinions some facts that uh, we weren't fully aware of maybe going in so thank you so much for uh, for stepping in and talking with me today 
Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And a challenge now to my listeners, if you have a subject that you're also passionate about and you can speak some authority on and you're not afraid to tackle some of these questions like this, some of these tougher ones, uh, feel free to reach out to me. And I'd love to have you here on Unsensitive. Uh, Reach out through the Fearscape Media Network uh, or write me directly, rayrobwrites at gmail.com. And let me know what topic you're interested in and I could be grilling you next. So a special thank you to Ben Sounds for the use of the song Happy Rock for the beginning and ending of our show here. And uh, of course, all the fine folks at Fearscape for giving me a venue here. So you've been listening to Unsensitive and we'll talk again soon. And until then, please keep your mind open.